Deep inside every one of us is a lion waiting to be unleashed. Are you ready to be unleashed into your destiny? As we stand on the edge of time, the web of deception is being unraveled. Carl Joseph offers you the red pill and the keys to unlock the shackles of your mind. Get ready to be transformed by God's supernatural power. Let's join him now. Friend, today we're going to discuss why some people have abandoned God, and they've abandoned him because of, wait for it, dinosaurs. Excuse me, are you kidding me? Some people have just flat out quit the Lord and their retort is this, well, what about the dinosaurs? Well, what about them? There are three dinosaurs in the Bible, four in fact, if we include the mysterious Rahab mentioned in Isaiah 51.9. Truth is, dinosaurs found in the fossil record are in unison with the scientific community and the Holy Bible. To believe in dinosaurs, friend, is to believe in the God who created them. It's not one or the other, but both. Now, I remember when I was about 11 years of age visiting the Natural History and Science Museum in London and being witness to the reconstructed fossils of Tyrannosaurus rex and Brontosaurus and other dinosaurs. These were huge creatures, so vast in size and scope, they made quite an impression on me as a child. Yet I will say, this museum was set up, as with all museums around the world, where evolution is presented as fact, as if it's already proven without the slightest hint that creation could be a plausible mechanism for the existence of dinosaurs or the human race for that matter. Scientific consensus and vox populi in Europe is that evolution is indisputable and anyone who believes otherwise is a complete and utter fool. Yet a fool is one who takes another at his word without checking out the facts firstly. And we're going to check out some facts today, friend. Scientist Lyle Watson once commented on evolution, stating... Quote, the fossils that decorate our family tree are so scarce that there are still more scientists than specimens. The remarkable fact is that all the physical evidence we have for human evolution can still be placed with room to spare inside a single coffin. And that just about sums it up, friend. It could all lie in a coffin because their theory is about as dead as a dodo. Because of the lack of evidence, many secular scientists today are now contesting evolution and are instead embracing panspermia as the cause of our existence. But like I said before, carefully placing human and monkey bones in the same museum glass doesn't validate evolutionary sequencing and our children continue to get duped. But few realize the term dinosaur is a relatively new one. It was Sir Richard Owen who first coined the term dinosaur, meaning terrible lizard, way back in 1841. But up until that point in time, any sighting of a dinosaur would be called a dragon, not a dinosaur. So, are there any legends of dragons living alongside man throughout antiquity? Yes, there are. St. George, the patron saint of England, fought a dragon, of course. But was it mere allegory, or is there something tangible behind this story? 
For millennia, dragons were prevalent throughout Europe, especially corroborating that dinosaurs lived alongside man in ages past. In areas of the earth, like the jungle forests of the Congo and Polynesia, some claim there have been sightings of dinosaurs even to this very day. Babylonian legend, the Aztecs, the Japanese, Chinese and even Welsh culture have accounts of dragons. Scientists say that dinosaurs roamed the earth 60 million years before humans, yet neither the Bible nor fossil record backs this up. All fossils demand interpretation, and how we interpret fossil findings will be heavily influenced by our worldview unless we purposely decide to be objective. But few consider that human footprints were found alongside dinosaur fossils in the Paluxy River of Glenrose, Texas in the 1980s. Some secular scientists argue this offers no evidence whatsoever of contemporary humans, but this only proves that what we believe will influence what we see, even if it's staring us in the face. Others contend that if dinosaurs lived alongside man, there should be vast evidence in the fossil record. The trouble is, friend, it's extremely rare for things once living to fossilize. Dead animals in a field or alongside a road do not fossilize at all. In order for it to fossilize, it must be buried rapidly in just the right place and conditions. So to say that we should have an abundance in the fossil record of contemporary dinosaurs and man living alongside each other is just unfair and extremely rare indeed. The creation scientist Ken Ham posits that, contrary to popular belief, there are less than 50 dinosaur kinds. And get this, the average size of the dinosaur is about the same size as a sheep or a large dog, but most of them were not nearly as large as the movies make out. Therefore, the majority of dinosaurs could have made it onto Noah's Ark. And for the larger sized ones, infant dinosaurs could have made it on board too. Now, most dinosaurs drowned from Noah's flood, and some survived on the Ark. But every indication is that the majority of dinosaurs were vegetarian or herbivores, such as the Diplodocus and Brachiosaurus, which goes against the popular notion they were fierce meat-eaters, and the Bible backs this up, as I will reveal shortly. If dinosaurs survived the flood, and based on the book of Job, we know they did, then some of them would have been on Noah's Ark, certainly. Soft tissue and blood vessels found in dinosaur fossils also suggest that they were on Earth much sooner than we originally thought. However, let us not forget that after Noah's flood, the Earth's environment changed greatly because the Earth's canopy was destroyed. Therefore, Earth's new environment was not conducive to supporting these creatures, because much of their vegetative food source would not have survived the flood. Now, let's look at the Bible in the book of Job, one of the oldest books in the Bible, and many surmise written about the same time that Father Abraham walked the earth. There are very detailed accounts of not one, but two dinosaurs, and one of them is called Behemoth, mentioned in Job chapter 40, verse 15. Let's read that now. Behold, now behemoth, which I made with thee, he eats grass as an ox. Friend, this dinosaur was made, as were you, and he eats grass, not meat. Lo, now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moves his tail like a cedar. 
The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as strong pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is the chief of the ways of God. He that made him can make his sword to approach unto him. Surely the mountains bring him forth food, where all the beasts of the field play. He lies under the shady trees, in the covert of the reed and fens. The shady trees cover him with their shadow. The willows of the brook compass him about. Behold, he drinks up a river and hastens not. He trusts that he can draw up Jordan into his mouth. Wow. With one suck, he can pull up a river, friend. Some scholars have said this animal is either an elephant or a hippopotamus. But let me ask you this. How many elephants have you seen with a tail that's like a cedar tree? I don't think so. The answer is none. Okay, cedar trees are very large evergreen trees and will usually grow to about 50 feet. Some can reach as high as 100 feet. The thickness of a cedar can be anywhere from 4 to 8 feet in diameter. That's huge. Once again, clearly God's word is not describing an elephant or hippo here, but an animal of vast size that's no longer in existence. Yet lived alongside man at one time, following Noah's flood and within the antediluvian period. God snuck this account into the book of Job, I believe, to answer critics who claim that dinosaurs didn't live alongside man, trying to prove God doesn't exist. Friend, if you delve into the fossil record, you will find out this animal described in the book of Job, Behemoth, is one of two possible dinosaurs. Either it was the Brontosaurus or perhaps a Brachiosaurus. This animal weighed anywhere between 20 and upwards to 40 tons. Wow. Now, we have another dinosaur, Leviathan, mentioned four times in the Bible. And this is a seafaring creature. Psalm 104 verse 26 says, There go the ships, there is that Leviathan whom you have made to play therein. In Isaiah 27, 1, In that day the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan the piercing serpent, even Leviathan that crooked serpent. And he shall slay that dragon that is in the sea. And finally, Psalm 74 verse 14, You break the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Then we switch back to Job chapter 41 for a more detailed description of this animal or creature. Remember that God is speaking to Job in this passage. Job is not speaking here, and that adds greater credibility. Verse 1. Can you draw out Leviathan with a hook, or his tongue with a cord which you let down? Can you put a hook in his nose, or bore his jaw through with a thorn? etc etc let's skip to verse 15 his scales are his pride shut up together as with a close seal one is so near to another that no air can come between them they are joined one to another they stick together that they cannot be sundered by his kneesings a light does shine and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning possibly these eyes could glow in the dark and some animals do that Friend, based on this description, the Leviathan is said to be a Kronosaurus, a very large animal. Looks like the Loch Ness Monster. I'm not saying it is, all right? But finally, we have another dragon mentioned in the Bible, of course, and that is in Genesis 3.1. We have the account of the serpent, which is the Norkash in Hebrew, the Norkash. Eve was talking to this mysterious Norkash when she fell. 
Some biblical scholars believe this serpent was in fact a dragon, not a snake like we think. There are others who believe that Lucifer and the Nokesh are two separate entities, but the Bible makes it clear in the book of Revelation that the devil is described as both a dragon and old serpent. Therefore, they are one and the same. Revelation 20 verse 2 says, And he laid hold of the dragon, comma, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. We know from Scripture that Lucifer is able to transform himself into many spiritual or perhaps physical forms, and one of those forms is a dragon and another a serpent. Yet we know Satan can transform himself into an angel of light and is described as the prince of the power of the air. So we cannot doggedly say he's just one manifestation because clearly he's able to transform himself readily. But in the Garden of Eden, remember, the dragon or nokash and serpent okay, one and the same, was a reptile that apparently had the ability to walk because part of the curse was that for the remainder of his days he would crawl on his belly. This Nokash lost his legs as part of the curse and you can read about that in Genesis chapter 3 verse 14. Evidently before the curse this reptile or dragon, also called the serpent, could talk and walk. Friend, I firmly believe that the Bible has much to say about dinosaurs, and the fossil record backs it up. In other words, that dinosaurs were contemporary with man and lived alongside them. They didn't live 60 million years prior. And did you know that Alexander the Great encountered a dinosaur in a cave in India? The locals were worshipping this dinosaur, and they asked Alexander to kill this beast with his army. But when he viewed it, it was apparently over a hundred foot long and he couldn't see all of the body. Friend, just because dinosaurs existed in ages past is not a reason to abandon your faith. Many Christians just don't take the time to adequately research the Bible and look for the existence of dinosaurs, so they're unable to give a defense of their faith in light of the fossil record. Well, you do now, friend. I've just listed a series of scriptures here for you today documenting their existence. Don't let the topic of dinosaurs be a reason to shy away from your faith in Jesus Christ. As the Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 3.15, we must always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Friend, science or the fossil record for that matter never contradict the Bible. Remember that. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button 